All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new edition of Daily Faceoff Live. It is Friday, April 14th, the last day of the NHL regular season. We are brought to you by Botano 19 Plus. Please play responsibly. The game starts now with Botano. Find out more by heading to botano.ca. And I'm joined, of course, by my Friday buddy, Stephen Ellis, our prospect analyst, associate editor. Stephen, you're getting ready to head to Switzerland for the world under 18s. Are you packed, sir? I am. This is my first time traveling to Europe, so it's been kind of fun just like learning how everything is. But, you know, I, I based off of everything I've seen and, you know, how cool the Spangler Cup is in Switzerland every year, I don't know if I kind of want to go anywhere else. All righty. Well, it should be fun. And we have, I think, an hour's worth of content to cram into 30 minutes today if we can. We have six of eight playoff matchups determined. We have some big news coming out of Pittsburgh just about an hour ago. We're going to start the show with that. We'll get two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock. So, Stephen, Pittsburgh Penguins announced this morning, as reported by our very own Frank Cervelli, we have President of Hockey Ops Brian Burke is out. We have GM Ron Hextall out. Assistant GM Chris Pryor is out. Big news for a team that just ended its playoff streak at 16 years in a row. So, what is your immediate reaction to this bomb of a news break, and what do you think went wrong for this regime? Uh, I'd say this is a good time to show like a surprised Pikachu face because yeah, this one wasn't exactly surprising. We could see this one coming, and 
Uh, you know, this was with the current uh, ownership, uh, they inherited this group here. But I think, you know, there were some questions that when these guys took over, like, could they do enough to, to make this team good? Because, you know, it's one thing to go in and, and basically start fresh. But these guys took over the Penguins when they had one of the worst prospect pools, an aging core, and they didn't seem to be really kind of going in the right direction. And they didn't really do anything to kind of address that to begin with. Their prospect pool is still terrible. Uh, you know, the big trade deadline acquisition this year is Mikhail Granlund, and that did not work out. And I think a lot of, of people pointed to that saying that was not a good deal. Just kind of reading some stories back this morning, that, that was trashed right off the beginning. But for me, I think the big downfall was not addressing their goaltending concerns. And I know Rob Rossi was on here a couple of weeks ago talking about that. And I have to agree there. When you look at, you know, Tristan Jari and Casey DeSmith, you know, let alone the, the injury issues, you can't really predict that necessarily. But those are two goalies that I don't know if you could rely on them to be playoff caliber, especially when you look at the teams they had to fight in the wild card race. And uh, so when, when it comes to that, you know, just just poor decisions all, all the whole time. It's just it, 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 something needed to be changed. But at this point, you probably got to do a full a full rebuild at this point. I know that's hard to do when you got Crosby and you signed Malkin and Latang to deals. But, you know, like this team, if you just keep doing patchwork, you're not going to get anywhere. Yeah, it, it's tough because, you know, Hextall and Burke came into a tough situation. You had the team that was sort of already on the downslope of, of its contention window and you had Jim Rutherford. He'd gone for broke. And it was worth it getting those Stanley Cups, but the prospect pool was was very depleted. So yes, it was a tough assignment to sort of try and keep this oldest team in the NHL, only team in the NHL with an average age over 30 in the hunt. At the same time, I never liked the double hire there because there were two contradictory personalities. Brian Burke is a win-now guy, makes aggressive trades. Ron Hextall, dating back to his previous tenure in Philadelphia, was extremely conservative as a GM. So you had a conservative guy and a wild man kind of trying to work together. I don't think it was ever going to be a good recipe for success. And if you look at the deals they made, it was just limping along. Jeff Carter, Ricard Raquel was a decent acquisition, of course, but Mikhail Grandin, like you said, Jeff Petrie, you're adding in a lot of older pieces just trying to sort of stay alive. And I think it was a team in denial. And I do think that the end of this playoff streak was a blessing because the Pittsburgh Penguins, as I wrote a couple weeks ago, they were headed in the same path as the Detroit Red Wings, who had made the playoffs 25 years in a row. They set themselves back years with so many bad contracts. So like you said, Stephen, the new regime has a tough decision to make. You still have Crosby, you have Malcolm and Latang extended. Do you push forward and try and reload? I think that's risky. You could saddle yourself with more bad contracts, or do you sort of wake up and say, we don't have the horses? The problem is, as you saw in Chicago with Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, your pillars of the franchise aren't necessarily going to be receptive to that. So it'll be a very interesting offseason in Pittsburgh, one of the teams to watch. Absolutely. So, Stephen, of course, a lot of playoff matchups are decided. Six of eight. The only ones left now, of course, we have Dallas and Colorado fighting for the Central Division. But we've got Boston, Florida, Carolina versus the Islanders, New Jersey versus the Rangers, Toronto, Tampa Bay in the East. In the in the West, of course, we have Vegas and, and Winnipeg are decided. We have Edmonton and L.A. So I want to get one series from each conference out of the ones we know so far, Stephen, that is intriguing you the most, that you're most excited to watch, maybe one you think will go seven games. Well, I'm going to start with the East. I'm going with Toronto versus Tampa Bay, just because I do expect that one to go the distance. And, you know, I know part of that is looking at last year and how good of a series that was and how kind of poorly defended it was to a point. Um, but, I, you know, I think this year when you look at it, you know, Tampa Bay is taking a bit of a step back, but they're still the Tampa Bay Lightning. They still got some of the best players in the world. They still got Vasilevsky. 
But I think Toronto's a bit more suited to play a, a much longer playoff run this year. And I'm saying that knowing, you know, of course, so you, you look at the history, but this felt like the year where if the Leafs were actually going to advance, this was going to be it. But again, they're still going against a Tampa Bay team where they've had so many good matchups in the last couple of years. So uh, that's one that's intriguing me a lot. On the West, I'm going with the Edmonton Oilers and LA Kings. You know, another rematch from last year, but one of the few matchups we, we kind of have set in stone on the West side right now where, uh, you know, McDavid and Dreisaitl and those guys, you know, the Oilers are flying high, but you've got a Kings team that's been getting great goaltending from both their goalies uh, as of late. Uh, Corpusolo has been one of the best goalies since the the deadline, and you look at the Phoenix Copley, who's been, you know, just, just he's not losing any games. Um, and the Kings, I feel like, are just a bit of harder team to play against. You know, going out there and getting Gavrikov was a nice pickup for them, and so I, the the season series was pretty competitive between the two teams, and I think that's one that will be a lot of fun. And I'll give one extra one. You know, I know the Boston Bruins didn't lose to, twice to too many teams this year, but one of the teams they did lose twice to were the Florida Panthers. Mm, very interesting. That's going to be a very interesting, I think, first-round series. So you're going with more of the rematch theme. I'm looking at more some relatively fresh matchups. Not totally fresh because there's a lot of history, but that's actually what I really like about the New York Rangers, New Jersey Devils. This series is an absolute coin flip for me. They're two really evenly matched teams. You have the history going back to that amazing 94 conference final, the Matteo goal. You have the Marty Berger, Sean Avery, Fatso series. Just these two teams have delivered a lot of exciting playoff series over the Hudson River over the years for us. Excited for that. And it's going to be so close. I think if you look, the Devils were the elite team this year. The analytics say they're the better team, but the Rangers have the star power. And I'm really looking at the goaltending matchup. Can Vitek Vanacek be anything close to Igor Shosturkin's equal? I think that is what's going to decide this series. Both teams are very deep and very well-rounded, so I'm very excited for that one. In the West, I do have my eye on a potential upset. I think the Winnipeg Jets are going to upset the Vegas Golden Knights, but the series I'm looking at closer is going to be whichever team out of Colorado Dallas drops down in the two versus three matchup in the Central. They're going to get a pretty tough matchup against the Minnesota Wild, a team that had a 690 points percentage since March 1st. They really ground through it when Kirill Kaprizov was out. Matt Boldy, of course, caught fire. And I think this team has some pretty exciting options in net, whether it's going to be Philip Gustafson, who's been amazing, or Marc-Andre Fleury, whoever they go with. I think I think there's a lot of intrigue there in net. And you have the Ryan Reeves factor, who can sort of turn the tide of a series with his physicality, with his trash talk. So I think the Wild are going to be the underdog in that series, whether they're against Colorado or Dallas. But I think it's going to be a fight. It's going to be a six or seven game series. The Wild are pretty deep. We'll see if Joel Eriksson is going to be able to participate in the series. That's an important factor. But either way, you want to win that Central and, and play Seattle instead because Minnesota, I think, is going to be a pretty tough out. Uh, I want to stick with the Central for another big piece of news, Stephen, that happened in the last 24 hours. And the Colorado Avalanche have announced that their captain, Gabriel Landeskog, will miss the entire playoffs. He's already been out the entire year, so it's going to be a lost season for Gabriel Landeskog, Stanley Cup champion. So... I'm curious for your thoughts. You know, they've gone through the entire season without him anyways. They've been fine. But do you think this is a death knell to Colorado's push to repeat as Stanley Cup champions? Like you said, they haven't had him all year long. So it's not like it's it's anything any different. But I think when you compare this team compared to last year's team, the high-end offense uh, is definitely missing. Again, not having Landis Cog, not having Kadri, guys like that uh, is a big difference. But one of the things for Colorado last year that made them so good was their depth. And you were looking at guys uh, like JT Comfort playing good games. Andrew Cogliano was a big uh, big addition when he came back from injury. 
uh, players like that, like Darren Helm for for sure there too. So I think the depth here when they went out there and got Lars Eller and, and Dennis Mulligan, I think that that's something where they still kind of kept true to that. They still wanted to make sure that bottom six was tough to play against. They were speedy. They were strong. And then you look at that defense where as long as, you know, as Kale McCarr can stay healthy, which isn't always a guarantee at this point, uh, I think the Avalanche still have a very good defense. For me, obviously, the big question still is in net and Georgiev, but he's shown that he can steal games. He can he can rise to the occasion here. So I don't think the Avalanche are going to win the Cup. I don't think they're as strong as the team last year, and not having Landis Cog doesn't help. But I still think, you know, they, they, they had to have planned for this all year long, considering he hasn't played. Uh, so I don't think anything truly changes there. Yeah, I think I, for the most part, agree just because of the fact they've come this far without Landis Cog. They're a win away from clinching a division title. So obviously they're still a very powerful team. Nathan McKinnon really took the team on his back down the stretch as well. And you could argue that at this point, once Landis Cog got into the series, having not played, let's say he was able to debut for round one of the playoffs. It's been a year since he's been in competitive games or almost a year. I think it would be hard for him to get his chemistry. He's a physical player. He might be a little tentative. So maybe he was just past the point of no return. To me, if I'm looking at the bigger change year over year, that's going to hurt Colorado. I still think it's the number two center position. JT Comfer has been really good. I think he's been better than they could have hoped, especially defensively, but he's still not Nazem Kadri. I think ideally you wanted Comfer to be your number three center, not your number two. And if I'm looking at one factor that's going to make a difference year over year, I think it's more the number two center position because the abs are still pretty deep on the wings. You have Arturi Lekkanen is back now from that broken finger. I think they're going to be fine. But I still think overall it's, it's the center position. Of course, you want Gabriel Landeskog. Maybe he does put you over the top. I don't know if the Avs are a top three team in the NHL going into the playoffs, but they're probably still at least in the top five range. So, Stephen, another team that has made a lot of news in the past, I don't know, 12 hours or so, the Anaheim Ducks. So, first, they come through in the clutch because they lose, and the Columbus Blue Jackets choke by winning on Thursday night. Of course, the Blackhawks had that disastrous win earlier in the week over Pittsburgh on the road. Now the Ducks secure the top odds in the Connor Bedard lottery, 25.5% chance of getting him. And of course, as well, just minutes before the show, we find out from Frank Saravalli, our buddy, of course, that the Anaheim Ducks are moving on from coach Dallas Eakins. So there's going to be a new voice in that room. So if you're factoring in the 25 plus percent chance of Connor Bedard and a new coach, are you seeing a big change coming in Anaheim, a big turnaround starting next season, or are we getting ahead of ourselves? Well, first off, Dallas Eakins deserves a statue for leading the absolute worst team in the league, which will land them a franchise-changing uh, player there in Bedard. But I think, you know, uh, yeah, they, they needed a new voice because it's it's always tough where, for a coach, it looks bad almost from your reputation where you have to coach a team that bad, and then you get fired at the end. But, you know, this is a team that's going to be in the upswing. A new, fresh voice will do a lot for this group. I wrote... Uh, back in February, that regardless if they got Bedard or not, I was still very confident in the next couple of years because they've built this good base. They got Mc, uh, Mason McTavish, they got Zegris, they got Drysidel or uh, Drysdale. Uh, they've got a couple yeah. other guys coming through the wings at every single position. Uh, so I do like where the Ducks are headed. Uh, Bedard, if they get him again, there's still the lottery aspect of this, but if they go out and get him, that's huge. Now I, I gotta say, I did go out there and write a couple of different. Uh, or do, do a couple different mock drafts and a couple different uh, simulations. The Ducks, even though they had the Bellats, did not get the first overall pick in five off, five times I did it. So, who knows? But I do like where the Ducks are going. I think this is a team that's just got so much young, bright future here, and they just got to you know put it together and find that right coach. 
Yeah, and even if they don't get Connor Bedard, it's still going to be Adam Fantilli or Leo Carlson. They're going to get an elite player from an amazing draft class, someone that would have been the equivalent of a first overall pick last year, even if it's Carlson, I think, third overall. And, you know, what I like with the decision on Eakins, obviously it wasn't necessarily Pat Verbeek's guy. He was already there when Pat Verbeek came in. But I always worry about teams getting Jeff Blaschel syndrome, and I'm not picking on Jeff Blaschel here, but the Wings left their one coach in for so long that that losing culture was just baked in there. And I like when a team starts to move on and they get rid of their rebuild coach and they they start thinking about improving and they bring in their next voice. So I like that idea. And I like the idea of maybe Connor Bedard and Connor McDavid being in the same division. Oh my God, that would be extremely oh, yeah. exciting for years and years to come. And I agree with you, the Ducks farm system looking good. You had Olin Zellweger, even Pavel Mintyukov. I don't know if he's gonna be ready next year, but it helps that of course he's playing major junior, not in Russia. Their blue line is so exciting. And of course, Jamie Drysdale is going to be healthy. So they are looking up. And even Lucas Dostal, I think, could take over and be the number one goaltender by next year. So that is a team in a weak division, or at least a topsy-turvy division, that can make a turnaround next year. So, Stephen, let's do a little fantasy hockey talk going into the playoffs, fantasy playoff pools with our buddy Nick Alberga. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All righty, it's time for another segment of Fantasy Hockey Talk with our buddy Nick Alberga, part of the Nation Network, host of Leafs Morning Take, fantasy writer for Daily Faceoff. He wears many hats. How excited are you for the playoffs, my friend? I'm absolutely jacked, boys. And the fact that we still have, what, a couple games remaining on this Friday slate. No, thank you. I'm going to take a peek at some patio beers on this Friday and look forward to Monday and the start of the Stanley Cup playoffs. What's up with you? I'm just distracted by your really well-groomed beard right now. I think it's the cleanest or closest I've seen you to clean shaven. You're looking very streamlined, aerodynamic for the playoffs. I love it. Uh, Nick, I wanted to ask you, I know that you are a believer in contract year bumps. And even if you look at the playoffs last year, we we saw Nick Paul on a mission, Nazem Kadri on a mission. So yeah. are you looking at any particular contract year players that you think will be special contributors in playoff pools right now? 
So I'm happy you brought that up because I actually have a piece coming out, I believe, in the next couple of days on dailyfaceoff.com, highlighting 10 different names to target in playoff pools that are in a contract year. Variety of different guys. And another guy that comes to mind is playing on New Jersey now, and that's Andre Palat, who I believe had 21 points in 23 outings last postseason for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Some names I would look at, uh, the obvious names, obviously, like Tarasenko, to a degree, Patrick Kane. Uh, looking forward to Timo Meyer to see what he can do in his first postseason outing in quite some time since 1819 for Meyer. Uh, Freddie Anderson's in a contract year. Michael Bunting with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Ryan O'Reilly is another name I would throw out in that conversation. There's a variety of different routes you can go. Uh, even Ivan Barbashev with the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, and a couple other names I would throw out you. Alexi Lafreniere is in a contract year here for the New York Rangers, part of the kid line. And JT Confer, if you believe in the Colorado Avalanche, JT Confer has done a wonderful job of ascending into the 2C role there to fill the need and the gap left behind, of course, by uh, Anazem Kadri. I want you to give us your, I would say, your best sleeper pick from the Eastern Conference. In terms of teams or player? Let's go player. Okay, um, so you look at the Eastern Conference. Um, I think a name that sticks out right away is Braden Point. I mean, it's hard to call a guy a sleeper, but I think when you look at Tampa Bay in general, it's been a crazy whirlwind season for them. And, um, you know, the fact that Braden Point scores 51 goals, and by the way, I apologize for the loopy internet right now. It is what it is. Uh, but Braden Point, a 51-goal season, that would probably be my answer. Same question for you, Nick. Now, who are you looking at as a sleeper in the Western Conference? Okay, so the Western Conference uh, also very, very enticing because I do think it's 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 much more wide open. Like, if you believe in the Minnesota Wild, Matthew Boldy is the guy I would look at. I believe in the Edmonton Oilers, so my guy would be Evander Kane. Boldy, by the way, 15 goals in his final 20 outings of the regular season. But I'm a believer in Evander Kane because – all pulleys out there, understandably so. They're going to go after the likes of McDavid and Drysaddle, Ryan Nugent Hopkins coming off an impeccable season. Uh, talk about contract year guys as well. Uh, Evan Bouchard's had an unbelievable run to finish up the season. I think 18 points in 19 games. He's another guy I would look at. And Evander Kane, you think back and look back to last year's postseason run. He had 13 goals in 15 games for the Edmonton Oilers. I think there's extreme value. Uh, you know, especially more so where this guy's being drafted or will be drafted in playoff pools. I think there's a lot of value in a guy like Evander Kane. I respect it. And I'm going to plug myself right now, Nick, because I have uh, my top 150 playoff rankings coming out tomorrow. And I'm going to be going pretty hard on Edmonton Oilers players. Uh, so I'm with you on the same page. Before we let you go, of course, you are the host of Leafs Morning Take and you're a Leaf guy. So while we have you, I want to get a quick take on how you're feeling going into the big rematch. It starts on Tuesday. Do you think the Leafs can slay the Minotaur or is this a repeat of last season? At the very least, uh, you know, I could tell you it's going to be a lot of fun. It went seven games last year. Would I be shocked again if it went seven games? Uh, no, I wouldn't. Uh, considering the Leafs always seem to go the distance with whoever they play, Montreal, Columbus, like Boston, like it always seems to go seven or five games with respect to that Columbus series. So I'll probably take it to go the distance. Uh, to answer your question, I know I cover the Leafs. It's still tough to discount and overlook a team that's been to three consecutive Stanley Cup finals. I think a big X factor in that series clearly is Andre Vasilevsky. Just go look at his numbers in the postseason. Having said that, there has to be a moment in time when this Leafs team finally pushes through, right? There's just too much talent on that roster. There's too much pedigree. There's too many guys who've, in fact, been there before. 
I think, you know, people are not giving Ilya Samsonov as much credit as he deserves. They need more of their back end, namely Morgan Riley. Let's not forget he had three goals and three assists and six points in seven games last year against Tampa. So maybe this is the year that the Leafs finally pushed through. But I think we asked that question, I think, every year for the last 19 seasons. That's right. I still see it on paper. I think the Leafs are the superior team, especially this season, even more than last season. But I yeah. say you got to prove it to me at this point after six straight first round exits. I just can't. I can't do it. I can't pick them. I got to go lightning at seven. But I respect it, Nick, and I'm sure you'll be enjoying it next week. And you can help tee it up for everybody with Leafs Morning Take weekdays at 11 a.m. Nick, always a pleasure. Thanks for coming on, my friend. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. Take care. Okay, Stephen, it's time for the Ask DFO inbox question. It's a great one this week. Who among the underdog lower seats, so we're talking teams that don't have home ice in the first round, do you think has the best chance to go all the way? I'm not just talking win around. I'm talking go all the way and win the cup, baby. Well, let's stick with the, the Tampa theme here. I'm, I'm still a believer in Tampa Bay. I know this is not the same strength team that we've seen the last couple of years. I know that Toronto is the higher seed here. But when it comes to Lightning, I just, I just, Vasilevsky, when it comes to him, when it comes to, to elimination games and his career record there and how good he is when it matters, he can just stand on his head. And, he, you know, Samsonov's been, you know, probably better in some categories this year. Um, you know, and I think that we just got to make sure he's fully healthy too. You know, he was a little banged up at the end of the year. But uh, I do like that Vasilevsky, just, he's still the guy there. And, you know, uh, the blue line, a little bit different than last year, but like Nick Perbix has come in and done a really good job. Victor Hedman, you know, uh, again, not not to the peak of his performance anymore, but it's still Victor Hedman. He could still make life miserable for the Leafs. And, you know, just the, the matchups that we've seen over the last couple of years between these two teams have been excellent. So I think, you know, Tampa's still got a couple more years of, of high-quality hockey. I think they, they're they not done going to the Cup Final. And if, uh, if any lower-seeded team could do it this year, that's my pick. I like the pick. I'm going to go with the team that met them in the Eastern Conference final last year. That's the New York Rangers. I just think the Rangers have a degree of star power that maybe no one else in the conference has. You have Igor Shesterkin, you have Adam Fox, who is at least a real contender to win another Norris Trophy. You have Artemi Panarin, Mika Zibanejad. You have Patrick Kane and Vladimir Tarasenko on board now, Stanley Cup winners. You have the kid line, which is really tough for matchups when that's your third line if you're going up against Lafreniere and Philip Kittel and Capocacco. And even you have Barkley Goodrow, Stanley Cup winner, clutch player on your fourth line, Tyler Mott in your fourth line. And you have that physical decor with Jacob Trubick, Keandre Miller, Ryan Lindgren. This team is just so well-rounded. Uh, even though the Devils are a tough matchup, I think if they get past the Devils, I think I would pick the Rangers to beat whoever advances between Carolina and the New York Islanders. So I think there's a strong chance that the Rangers get to that final four. And after that, who knows what happens, but I just think they're a really deep and well-rounded team. Even though their analytics don't always suggest they're a perfect team, it didn't stop them from making a deep run last year when their their underlying metrics weren't great because goaltending, of course, is the great equalizer. So I like the Rangers as a Stanley Cup sleeper, if you can even call them a sleeper based on all the talent that they have. But I guess they are a low seed, so I get to cheat and pick the New York Rangers. Mm. Okay, Stephen, now it's time to bring in Tyler Uremchuk for our Botano daily betting segment. And I think, Tyler, you're looking at the big picture this year, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. 
Yeah, like there's a couple of games tonight, but I don't care enough about them to bet. It's a Friday. I don't want to watch more or less meaningless hockey. So I'm just going to take a look back at a few of my season-long bets, courtesy of our friends at Patano. The game starts now, patano.ca. I had five bets at the start of the year, wagered a total of four and a half units. I went two for three, but actually still finished up just over 0.3 of a unit. I nailed a couple of my Oilers bets over 103 and a half points. The Oilers crushed that. Connor McDavid to win the heart was a very juicy plus 230 at the start of the year. That is insane. I almost wish I would have put more than a full unit on it. Uh, Matthew's not winning the rocket again. There's bets that you get wrong sometimes where you know, you don't hate your process in them. And I still think him at plus 180 at the beginning of the season was really good odds. He just simply had a down year. The Islanders to miss the playoffs. I stand by that bet as well, actually. You go back through the last kind of month and a bit of the season since the trade deadline. They're like 18th in the NHL. They didn't get in because they were good. They got in because everyone else around them was mediocre or bad. Like, they should have missed. The Pittsburgh Penguins should have taken care of business. So, I didn't hate that bet, even though I got it wrong. I'm happy I went with those two Oilers ones. Edmonton came within a couple of points of winning the Pacific as well, and I only had half a unit on that one. So, looking back, I think I liked my pro my process with these season-long bets, and we ended up up money a little bit, which is more than I could say for my season-long day-to-day betting as well. But, hey... We still got the playoffs, right, Matt Larkin? There should be. I listened to your juicy underdog takes there. There should be some nice underdogs betting on the se- on the series straight up over at Batano that I'll be taking advantage of. That's right. And, and I do think looking at that slate, going two for five, it's just unjust. You deserved a lot better because, like you said, those yeah. bets came down to the wire. The Oilers were right there on Thursday night, the last night of their season, and the New York Islanders made the playoffs. I'm getting heat from Isles fans. Oh, look, you criticized the Bo Horvat trade. You made the playoffs in game 82. Take a seat. So I'm with you. You could have easily gone four for five. You know, it it was close. So I I respect it, and I think if you stick to your principles, you're going to have a good year next year. Thank you, Tyler, and enjoy the Jays and the Rays. That's going to be a doozy of a series. Barrios revenge game. Let's hope. Oh, my God. It could be ugly. All right, Stephen, I'm going to hand it off to you to finish off today's episode with some garbage time. And you got Brian Elliott on the brain. Please explain. Yeah, so obviously a lot of attention last night for Craig Anderson going out there and beating the Ottawa Senators in what ended up being his final NHL game. A good story there. But, you know, Brian Elliott, 38 years old, Tampa Bay Lightning backup goalie. So he could still play in the playoffs, but I think that's the worst case scenario if that happened. Uh, he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. So there's a very good chance that this will be it for him, if I had to guess. And, you know, this is a guy that's been very nice uh, to talk to. You know, last year at the NHL Media Day ahead of the Stanley Cup final, they had him as one of the players to talk to. And there was no one there to talk to him. He was just kind of by himself. But when I went over and asked him some questions, he was just happy to talk, happy to be there. He was enjoying the experience. This is a guy that had his ups and downs in his career, you know. Highly sought-after prospect of the Ottawa Senators, goes to the Blues, has his ups and downs kind of there, and we see him bounce around a little bit at the end. But he always still found a way to remain quite relevant and, and continue to get some wins for his teams no matter where he was. And he, you know, he played in some all-star games. He had some good moments where he had like the, the Goldie Cam helmet, and we were watching live shots of that in the all-star game. That was really cool. But, you know, it just, you know, I, I feel like we just don't talk about him much because it's a Tampa Bay Lightning and it's all about Vasilevsky, Vasilevsky, Vasilevsky. But I think Brian Elliott deserves a lot of credit for getting the Bolts to where they've been in the last couple of years, where he's been just consistent enough and, and getting his job done. So if this is it for him, if that was his last start, a 5 nothing shutout against Detroit is a pretty cool way to go out. 
For sure. And Brian Elliott, a very interesting career trajectory. If you're an NFL fan out there, I always called him the Ryan Fitzpatrick of goaltenders because he's the guy who, whenever he was anointed the true starter, he seemed to struggle. Whenever there was no pressure and he was coming in in the rescue role as the backup, he was amazing. If you even think about, or even just being a 1B, his years in St. Louis especially, he had, I think, a 940 save percentage one year with the St. Louis Blues was amazing. It just certain goalies have that mentality. You see it with Jack Campbell as well. They're just better off when they're the 1B. It just changes something mentally. But either way, great career, pretty solid career at the very least for Brian Elliott. So I respect the take there, Stephen. That is it for today's episode of Daily Faceoff Live. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you to our sponsor, Pitano. Thank you, Nick Alberga. Thank you, Tyler Remchuk, and our head of production, Alex Allard. We will be back on Monday previewing the playoffs. We're teeing it up. The big dance starts on Monday. We'll be there to guide you through it at noon Eastern. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.